Hi, I'm Craig. And I'm Linda. And this is the Indie Travel Podcast at IndieTravelPodcast.com. This is episode 326, and we're talking about how to make friends while traveling. That's right. As you know, we are in Panama at the moment. It's pretty cool at the moment. In fact, it's pretty warm as always. <laughs> but over the last week, we've seen these amazing, amazing lightning storms that have come up through the valley. And just, it's been stunning just sitting on the, uh, on the balcony and just watching these big hits come down. Boom, boom, boom. And also giving some comfort to the poor dogs who are freaked out by it. One dog in particular, Willie, gets really scared about this kind of thing. So he's been kind of snuggling up to us and trying to be comforted. Poor thing. Yeah. So I hope you guys looked after your pets on the 4th of July if you're in the States. I've seen a lot of great photos from there, people celebrating. It's been good and nice to see a little bit of uh, of celebration with all the bad news that's in the media at the moment too. So the reason we decided to talk about how to make friends while traveling is that we're here in rural Panama and we haven't done very well at making friends this time, partly because we just haven't put much effort into it. We do have some friends and in fact we went to see some friends on Friday night. Derek and Avril invited us around for dinner and it was really nice. And last week some other friends invited us around for dinner and they they live in this farm that's quite difficult to get to. So we drove to the end of their road and they picked us up and we, we drove down. It must have been about two kilometers of dirt road. It was bumpy and, and difficult, but it was really nice. So that was Jeff and Karina. We also hang out with Janice and Lucho. And yeah, just a really nice group of people. So they're kind of our, our group of friends. We've also been speaking to our family this week and two of our best friends from home, Angie and Janine, who you've heard about a lot, I'm sure. And so we've just been, I don't know, a bit lonely and also thinking about how lucky we are to have such awesome friends at home and also people we've met while traveling. So we thought we'd share some of our tips about how to make friends while traveling. And we, I know there's heaps of blog posts about this and it's usually aimed at solo travelers. We're not specifically talking about solo travelers. I mean, obviously, if you're traveling alone, you'll want to make friends. You'll have more of an urgency to make friends. But I think for us, I mean, certainly for me as an extrovert, having just one other person with me isn't enough. And I think meeting people and making friends while you're on the road adds a, I don't know, something extra to the experience, especially if they're local people. So yeah, it's kind of a, I don't know, it's not a weird thing. I think it's a really human thing, even though we're traveling together and, and some of our solo travel friends have said, oh, you're so lucky to have someone with you. And that's so true because one of us is able to pick up the slack when the other one just can't go anymore. And you know, we've talked about all sorts of stuff like that in the past, but it's really important even for couples to continue to make friends and, and be social and, and hang out. So I guess, yeah, you're right. What we're doing is, is different from the typical and that it's not tips to, to meet friends while traveling solo. It's tips to make friends and meet people no matter how you're traveling. But we didn't start off by being good at making friends. In fact, in the first six or seven months of travel, actually hanging out with people and meeting people was one of the most difficult things in the world. Yeah, we just didn't do it very well. We didn't do it very well when we were in Malta. We didn't do it very well when we were in Perth. We did it quite well when we were traveling around and moving around a lot because we had a job where we were constantly meeting new people and got on well with a lot of them. But yeah, when we were stopped in one place for a while, we just didn't do it very well. And then I realized that I really needed friends in order to be happy and healthy. And we started using a few different techniques to, to make not just acquaintances, but actual real friends. Well, you alluded to our first point there, which is to get a job. Yeah. Get a haircut, get a real job. Don't look at me like that. 
I'm just wondering about growing my hair out again, considering we've got another three months out in the country, and Linda keeps looking at me as if I'm going to wake up in the middle of the night with a pair of scissors <laughs> over my head. You know, they're going to be super blunt scissors too, because that's all we have here. Darling, I think you're gorgeous no matter what you do, but I do prefer you with short hair. <laughs> Smooth. Well, the point isn't to get a haircut. The point is to get a job. And that's how Linda's made a bunch of friends. I'm not so good at that. <laughs> you are so. You've made heaps of friends through jobs. When we were in Malta, I made one friend while we were there, and that was Jodie. And I met her through my work. I was working at a a local hotel, and she was one of the clients. She was a guest at the hotel. She promptly broke her ankle and had to go back to Australia. So our friendship in terms of actual hanging out time was a bit short-lived. But the time I spent with her was one of my favorite memories of, of Malta. You know, we, we had a really great day. We went to the Azure window. I, I still remember it. It was really lovely. So yeah, at work is a good way to make friends. Yeah, you did a similar trick with Ree in Perth, eh? Although you managed not to break her leg. <laughs> Actually, Perth... We made friends who actually became better friends later. So I met Ree there and also Amanda, who are two of my very good friends now. But we didn't spend a lot of time together while we were in Perth. So it's a bit strange. But yes, we did meet through work. Smooth. I'll never forget uh, hanging out with Kate out in Austria, up in the, the far west of Austria, up in the countryside. And, you know, we had finished off a, a week-long contract and we were... A little bit plastered. No, no, no. What, we... what happened? What happened? <laughs> it was this weird contract where we were teaching English. It was supposed to be at a local high school, but instead of being at the school, we were kind of at a camp. So all of the kids and all of the teachers were staying there on site. We were staying in a nearby hotel. So for some reason, everything finished up quite late. I think it finished around 8 o'clock. We hadn't had, had time for dinner. And all of the teachers were getting ready to go home, and they'd brought a big stash of booze with them for this camp. So they invited us to go and have a drink with them. And it was one of these situations where you're sitting there, you're having a drink, you turn to talk to someone and you look back and your glass is full and you, you, you were sure it wasn't full before. So we weren't trying to get drunk in any way, but when we finally stayed down the stairs an hour or two later, the fact is we had had too much to drink. So we had, I don't know, half a kilometer to walk into the center of the town where there was a pub. So we're like, right, food, food is happening. And so we made our way through the, the slush, maybe a little bit of snow. I remember it being freezing cold and, and yet not feeling it. And we got to the door of the pub and we opened it. And there were groups of guys sitting around in lederhosen, yodeling and clinking their beer mugs together. And I remember just standing at the door and looking back at the two girls and looking back into the bar and at the girls, and at the bar, and decided that we were all hallucinating this <laughs> at the same time. But it was very cold outside. I think it was starting to snow. So I eventually just went in to find out that, no, actually, that was that was what was going on. Lederhosen, yodeling, clinking. It was a strange night. You know, nights like that really cement a friendship, don't yeah. they? Yeah, it was great. We met quite a, quite a lot of really cool people through that company, English in Action. Yeah, it was great. We've made some great friends through having a job in the country that we're traveling in. We've also made great friends through staying in hostels. And this sounds cliched, but it's true. Yeah, this is one of the ones that is on all of the lists of how to make friends while traveling. And I mean, it's true because hostels have these common areas where you can get together and no one looks twice at you if you start up a conversation with a stranger. It's a safe place to meet people. 
Yeah, and I've never found hotel bars to be that friendly and have that kind of relaxed attitude about them. Although we have met some cool people at guest houses that don't necessarily have a common area, like that one in Ukraine. Remember, we were in Odessa? I had to get up early in the morning one day because the person next door had the TV up at a ridiculous volume. But she ended up to be really nice and actually invited Craig and I out to go for a walk on the beach and drink something. What were we drinking? I don't know. It was some kind of brandy. It was good. It was good. Well, another story involving wine, maybe number two isn't staying in hostels. The the thing is all about alcohol. <laughs> was when we're up in Cafiate, uh, one of the wine regions in the north of Argentina, and we had been out to all of the wineries all day. Julie and Natty had been out to like the the goat's cheese farm and the the honey place where they had the beehives. And so they had done all the nice pastoral stuff and we had done all the nice boozy stuff. And so we were sitting there at the table and they came along and they had cheese and we had wine and it was just a match made in heaven. And also the fact that the hostel only had one table meant that we were kind of forced together because if they wanted to sit down, they kind of had to sit at our table. So, you know, it was just politeness that made us offer them a glass of our wine and they offered us some of their cheese. And now they're our best Argentinian friends. We've been to visit them a couple of times and it's been awesome. Yeah, it's always been so much fun. I'm looking forward to getting back down there sometime. Sometime. We'll get there. It was funny because when we first met them, our Spanish was pretty bad, but we managed to make ourselves understood. And as time has gone by, we've been able to have better conversations. And we've met their friends, we've met their family. We went on a crazy road trip down to Mar del Plata. It's just awesome. It's so much fun. Uh, related to that is number three, which is couch surf. So staying in hostels is, is one thing. Couch surfing is something a little bit more because you're staying in someone's home with them. So it's not this nice neutral area of, of a hostel where it's a middle ground. You're being invited into someone's home. Yeah, I actually think that couch surfing is better than hosteling because you're meeting local people in their environment. You can get to know them on their turf and on their terms. And I think if you read the profiles carefully enough and choose the right people to send your requests to, you can really make some great friends. Like some of our best Spanish friends, Ana and Diego. We were moving to Jerez. We were going to be there for three months, and we'd already tried this technique once before, which was, okay, we're moving somewhere. Let's couch surf for a few days, and we can stay with someone, get to know like the local vibe while we're looking for a place. We did that in Acarunia as well. So we did the same thing. We found Anna and Diego on couchsurfing.com. We sent a request. They said, yes, come and stay with us. And they were great. They were our friends all through our time in Jerez. They introduced us to their friends as well, and we spent time with them, which is really cool. They've come to visit us in Berlin and in Madrid, and yeah. Yeah, it's so cool when that works out, eh? Yeah, I mean, sometimes you you become friends with someone just for the occasion, right? You know, for as long as you're there, you're good friends, you get on, you enjoy your company. Maybe you stay friends on, on Facebook. But sometimes a friendship lasts longer than that. I really appreciate when that happens. Mm, it's cool. One way that we've found recently, uh, since we've been learning Spanish, is that learning a language can be a great way to meet people. And while we were in Alcalá de Henares last year, We'd go, uh, I don't know, two weeks out of three to a language exchange. And this language exchange was in a bar. There was kind of a core group of half a dozen people that were there pretty much every week. We were on the fringe of that. And then there were people that were coming in because they were passing through or whatever. So they'd be in like once or twice and then gone again. So it was really neat to have this constant group of people that were 
coming and going, you know, some students that were there for a few months, other people just coming up from Madrid for the day, as well as all of the locals that lived there. And it was just a really neat way to to grab this cross-section of people mm-hmm. and spend a couple of hours together every week having a drink and, and chilling out. Yeah, we sometimes did things outside of that as well, like going hiking, or one guy taught us how to make paella, which was really cool. It was just a really nice group. And as well as that, I also did language exchanges with a couple of people, Basilio and, and Christina. And that was a really nice way to get to know people as well, because you've got this kind of one hour a week where you're just talking to each other, half in English, half in Spanish, and you get to know people quite well. And you met some people on Skype as well. Yeah, through language learning websites like italkai or linguajero.com, which unfortunately has now closed, which makes me very sad. But I met one of my best friends through this. Um, maybe you remember last year we went to a wedding in Spain, and I met the, the bride through language learning. And I still talk to her, well, we try for every week, but <laughs> it's more like every two weeks at the moment. Another way to meet up with people whom you previously didn't know in a new place is pursuing a hobby, either picking one up or continuing one that you'd normally do at home. Uh, I remember once we were couch surfing in the Czech Republic and we were invited out by a guy who couldn't host us but was still keen to meet us. And he said, well, every week I go along to a board game group. Do you want to come along? And at that time, I was still a part owner in a board game company back in New Zealand. And, you know, it was just a perfect fit. And we ran conferences for board gamers in New Zealand. So I was like, cool, go along to this group, see what it's like, grab some ideas, meet some people, play some games. It'll be fun. So we ended up going along with them, meeting them. And, uh, and going to this event. And that was really, really neat and completely out of the, I don't know, out of the ordinary. It wasn't like we travel around looking for board gaming events. Maybe we should. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> but there are other things you can do. For example, if you do yoga, maybe you can go on a yoga retreat like we did. Or maybe you could go and do a cooking course and you'll meet people there who are like-minded. One of our favorite things to do is hiking. And we've met some awesome people through hiking. On the West Highland Way in Scotland, we met a couple of Germans who we're still in touch with, who we really enjoy. I mean, we must have met up with them six or seven times now in various places. And then on the Camino de Santiago, we've met all sorts of cool people, notably our Smurf group on our last Camino. I was just thinking, you know, the West Highland Way, we managed to meet up not only with the Germans last year, but also while we were in Prague last year, we met up with one of the Finns that we met then. And so how crazy is that? You know, six, seven, eight years later, you're meeting up again in another country and drinking more beer. It's so great. And remember, we met Tom through the Camino as well, and then we went and hung out with him in Belgium. Yeah, that was cool. Only time I've stayed in a castle, I think. Well, with very few exceptions. That was hilarious because we were in the cart. Tom had come to pick us up from the train station. He said, okay, let's go to the castle. I said, castle? And Craig said, I thought you were joking about that. And apparently Tom had sent Craig a message saying, oh, come and stay with me in the castle. And Craig had thought he meant it metaphorically, like, you know, my home is my castle. But no, he actually meant in the castle. He was house-sitting for, it was actually the coach house of a castle. The castle had been demolished and rebuilt in some boring style, but where we were sleeping really looked like a castle. It was amazing. Yeah, I think that's fair enough. I mean, our friends call their apartment the cathedral, so I can imagine, you know, (laughs) the castle being a good nickname for a place too. Number six is to use networks, and I don't mean Facebook or Twitter. I mean the social networks of the people around you. Yeah, for example, here, everyone we've met, we've met through the owners of this house. They introduced us to their friends, who introduced us to their friends. People would drop by, and, you know, we didn't know these people when when we arrived, but because the people who own this house 
already have a network, we could tap into that. Similarly, when we were in Arundel, we became friends with the neighbours across the road because the owners of the house were already friends with them. So yeah, tapping into the social network of the people who you already know is one way to do it. In Perth, we kind of did that remotely. Uh, one of our mutual friends had uh, some friends, Deb and Sean, and they were living in Perth at the same time. They'd moved in maybe a month or so before us, so they were also new there. And this mutual friend put the four of us in touch. And so that was pretty pretty fun as well, like having a chance to meet someone who's also new, so you're exploring the place together. It's good. It was hilarious, though. I still remember when we went down to the cafe in this, the suburb of Perth, and we were trying to work out how to meet each other because we didn't know what we, what, what we looked like. This was before we were on. I think we had just joined Facebook, but we, didn't, we hadn't seen any photos or anything like that. So we're walking into the cafe, trying to go, hmm, what's this person going to look like? And trying to send a message on our phone, look for someone answering the message, but it was really busy. It was hilarious. It was, it was. Yes, always wear a red rose. <laughs> <laughs> if you're unsure. Uh, another thing to do, talking about using networks, is to make friends with your extended family. And for us, most of our family is extended. I mean, definitely on my side, I grew up in New Zealand with, you know, only my parents being the only family members that were there. So my family's in the UK, in the States, in Canada, and all over the place. So as an adult traveling, there's a chance to meet them, hang out with them, and, and make friends with them. Yeah, we were a bit cheeky, really. We kind of asked if we could stay with them, and then luckily we got on really well with them. This is uh, Craig's cousins, Gail and Kevin, who we've, we've talked about before. We went to their wedding. They've now got a cute little daughter. It's great. But Yeah, but also your uh, uncle and aunt as well, Greg and Carol. So yeah, we pulled the same trick, basically. We got in touch with them before we were going to Perth. We are going to be there for six months, and we thought it would be great to have a place to stay when we first arrived, just so we can get the feel for the place and find a place to stay long term. So we sent them a message saying, Hi, I'm your long-lost niece. <laughs> can we come and stay with you? Because although... Perth is in Australia, and Australia is the next country over from New Zealand. It's really on the other side of the country. So although Greg came back to New Zealand for some family events, I hadn't seen him since I was quite young. But luckily, we got on really well. It was amazing, wasn't it? We just spent our evenings together, drinking, chatting, talking, watching TV, and got on really well. Yeah, it was neat. It was neat. Next up, be open to opportunities. And in this case, I'm really thinking about when we're in Ukraine, for example, and uh, just randomly through Instagram, this person popped up and went, Hey, you want to meet? Like, well, hello, Ukrainian stalker. Yeah, sure. <laughs> and so we ended up spending time with Snezana in the Ukraine, and it was fantastic. We met up a couple of times for drinks and for dinner and to walk around the city and got to see a lot of Odessa and... It was fantastic. It was just really awesome, wasn't it? Yeah, beautiful drinks, beautiful places, and uh, a guide to take us around places we possibly wouldn't have seen. Yeah, so I'm not quite sure how, I mean, it's the kind of opportunity that you don't expect to get, but just say yes, I suppose, is the tip. And going from networking to social networking to the real big stuff of networking, you could start a blog and go to blogging events. This has worked out really well for us because if there's one group of people that understand what it's like to travel around the world, run a business, not have a home, live out of a backpack, it's other people that do the same. Yeah. Andy Travel Podcast has been a wonderful source of friends for us. As you know, we started this back in 2006 and for three years we were just blogging and we, we didn't meet anyone. 
And then in 2009, 2010, we decided to go to the TBEX conference. And it was the best decision because we got to meet a lot of people we'd been talking with through comments and through chat and on Facebook in person. And it was really great. I remember we met Sherry from Otsworld and Chris Christensen from Amateur Traveller. And wow, it was just so good to see them because we, we'd already become friends online and to spend time with them in person was amazing. Yeah, we've got a lot of good friends that are travel bloggers and travel podcasters and just, you know, sharing the journey with other people along the way has been great. However, it's probably not a tip that's going to be much good to you. So let's jump on to tip number nine, which is to join a tour. Yeah, slightly more traditional and normal, I suppose. <laughs> yeah, just reading Agatha Christie books set in the 1920s, and, and that's how everyone's making friends. And being an Agatha Christie book, making friends and killing them, or being accused of killing them. I don't recommend that part, <laughs> but you know, just, just, to, just to tie in with the traditional bit. Mm-hmm, yeah. yeah. We've met some awesome people through tours. When we were in Asia, we went on a stray tour through Thailand and Laos, and we met a wonderful person called Frankie, who we're still friends with. And in fact, it was Frankie whose apartment we rented when we spent three months in Berlin. Yeah, recently we had that happen again, that we went on a tour with a group of half a dozen people, a dozen people, and ended up becoming good friends with one of them, Corinne, on the Lost City Walk. The fact is, there are some really great people out there. And if you meet enough of them, some of them will become friends. Some of them will have something in common with you. And yes, you'll meet a lot of people who you get on with and don't necessarily become friends. And you'll meet a lot of people who you don't get on with. That's normal too. But there are some really cool people out there. Do you reckon Corinne's worried about us coming and crashing at her place for three months now that we just told that story about Frankie? There's a very <laughs> real possibility that we might do that. <laughs> Smooth. Now, tip number 10 is one that I find hard and Linda finds easy. And that is to talk to people. It's difficult. It's difficult. Talking to microphones is much easier. <laughs> yeah, this is similar to tip number seven, which is to be open to opportunities. But it just means that if you're around people, talk to them. We were on a bus recently from Cartagena to Santa Marta, and I started talking to the bus driver, and I ended up having a really good talk with him. Now, he didn't become a friend, but I did talk with him. Yeah, you talked with him so much, he decided that we would be the last people off the bus and drove us around for an extra 25 minutes. I'm not sure if these are the kind of friends that you want. <laughs> well, anyway, maybe you're on a bus and you're sitting next to someone. Why not say hello? Maybe you're waiting at a train station. One time when we were in Mexico, we were at the market and we were just talking together about fruit and vegetables. And a couple just said hi to us and we started talking and yeah, it was a great way to just meet people. Yeah, so for an introvert like me, that's a terrifying prospect. But I've seen Linda do it time and time again. She'll just get off the public bus with someone else's WhatsApp number or new Facebook friend or having arranged to meet up for dinner later in the week. And it never ceases to amaze me. So if you have the superpower, use it for good. <laughs> if you're an introvert and you find this really challenging, you don't have to do it, obviously. You can do whatever you like. But if you're wanting to meet new people, then that's a good way to try it. If you have ideas about how to meet people that we haven't discussed or you have critiques of what we've said today, feel free to find the show notes for this show at IndieTravelPodcast.com or find the link in Facebook and hit us up. So what are we up to in the next couple of weeks? Well, we're going to launch our brand new website tomorrow. Oh, yeah, for Performance Foundry, our website development business. It's had a, an ugly website twice over its lifetime, and we've finally got a website that 
go somewhere towards communicating our brand. So that's quite nice. Yeah. Come visit performancefoundry.com. Also, um, we're going to be working quite hard over the next week, but in two weeks' time, we're going to do our trip to Costa Rica, our border run. So much fun. Yeah, yeah, we get to do a border run. Yes. <laughs> it's not even for a visa. We've got six months to stay here, but only three months from the date of the entry stamp to be able to, to drive a car. So in order to kind of revalidate the uh, the driver's license, we're going to spend a couple of days traveling and hopefully a couple of days by the beach. Yeah, it should be really good. Yeah, looking forward to that. Yeah, so it's going to be cool. We're also beginning to plan our time for the end of the year. We'll be in, well, flying out of LA in late October. We'll be in Melbourne for most of November and then down to Auckland and traveling around New Zealand in December and through the southern summer. So really looking forward to that. If you're going to be around, give us a wave, let us know. That'll be cool. Yeah, and please come by IndieTravelPodcast.com, find the show notes for this, and leave a comment about cool people that you've met while traveling. We'd love to hear stories. That's us for this week. Until next time, travel well.